And welcome everyone to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted host, lover of all things admin, and of course, uh, radio expert. Well, I'm just going to position myself however I like today. It's going to be a beautiful day in Sydney. It's a wonderful, I don't know, balmy 17, I don't know how hot it is, but it's hot. It's going to be hot today. So if you didn't put sunscreen on the kids... It's too late. Uh, so today we've got a really interesting show. I'm super excited to be joined by Steve Huey from I Fly Flat. Now, I have to say this is probably one of the most interesting businesses I've had on the program in the last couple of years. We all love our credit cards. Uh, there's no secret for many of us that uh, we stick to this as a method of spending because of the points. But how many of us have actually sat down and even know what our points balance is, let alone how we can actually make the most of us? And of course, as a business, we think of our points, maybe if you're a sole trader, you say, well, those points belong to me. They're sort of my thing. They're my family thing. But can I make the most out of those points that I've got and even improve my point schemes that I'm using currently to fly flat, which is the concept behind Steve's business. There's been a lot of changes recently. I know, for example, um, ANZ have pulled their relationship with American Express. Uh, a lot of the banks are not offering the same number of points as they used to. They kind of seem to be pulling out of the market a little bit, whereas the relationship between something like flybys is really improving with the airlines. And that can also obviously cause a lot of confusion for a lot of people, particularly people who are not in the industry. So that's today why we've got the Points Whisperer. Steve Huey is here from I Fly Flat. Now, welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you very much. First of all, I have to say, definitely the most interesting <laughs> and intriguing name for a business I've come across. I think it's absolutely fabulous. Was it you who came up with that name? Yeah, yeah. Just before beta for it. I thought, what's a cool name for my business? I fly, I fly, I fly flat. flat. You know, first in business class. <laughs> exactly. Well, wouldn't we all love to? Is it, is it really something that's attainable? I mean, I think to myself, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the kids to Europe in about 10 years' time, and I'm going to say to myself, okay, I'm going to aim to do that business class. Is that even achievable for the average business owner? It definitely is because it's more about cutting waste Wastage of points. Wastage of points. This is sound like a recycling show now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's awesome. So tell me a little bit about your business journey, how you uh, how you came to where you are now, and um, I guess what's what the what the progression is has been in your in your lifetime to come to this fabulous new concept. Yeah. So I, I've been using points for probably over ten years to fly, and I only really decided to turn into business about six years ago. And I, like prior to that, I didn't know you could make it a business. But the thought of hearing more and more business owners spending a lot of money but not getting value. Mm. So when I first thought about the idea of iFlyFlat, I wasn't even thinking about business owners. I was just thinking about just people. And every time you go to Woolworths and Coles and you see someone pull out a debit card and you figure out, what a waste. You could be earning frequent flyer points for free mm. if you had a credit card. So therefore, when I talk about cutting the waste, it's just about doing the same thing, a little bit different and getting rewards. Mm. So I started to figure out that, well, if you had enough frequent flyer points, you could swap that for a ticket. So the trick is how do you get so many frequent flyer points? So slowly my mind turned to, well, who spends more money? So when I was working at a bank, I can only spend as much as I will earn. And it's counterintuitive because you're not even supposed to be spending money. You're supposed to be saving money. Mm. So the way to get credit card points, you've got to spend money on credit cards. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I turned to business and I thought, well, you guys are spending money every day. And the more you spend, the bigger your business grows. Mm -hmm. So therefore, why not get these points? Mm. So it was really a side benefit I worked out that you could get value from. That's right. And it's, it sounds like you, you've got a, basically a way where you've really heavily researched this and worked the system. 
Yeah, there is so much, so many gems. It's and the beauty is, is actually all in the fine print. You know, when you join a program, a credit card or frequent flyer, they give you sixteen pages. <laughs> it's actually all in there. Wait, you've got to, you're telling out. me I've got to read those five <laughs> prints because I barely even read it for my home loan application when I sign that. Well, yeah. Wow. So each program, I guess, is a little bit different and um, that's where your expertise comes in with, with iFlyFlat in, in terms of your giving your, um, your customers that knowledge and that expertise when you hand it over. Would that be right? Yeah, I actually see a bit of a, bit of a challenge because every single program has good and bad bits. So in what I do is we try to cherry pick all the good bits mm-hmm. and then let you use them mm-hmm. rather than be stuck with the bad bits as well. Now, I'm going to put my bookkeeper hat on here and just say, aren't, in a way, if, to be devil's advocate, isn't this a way of encouraging pe- people to um, buy everything on credit when they can't necessarily afford it? I presume when you're talking to people about this, they go, well, you've still got to work within your limitations. You can't get a credit card with $30,000 limit and just spend it up when you can't actually afford it. Oh, yeah, definitely. This is all about paying your credit card in full mm-hmm. every month and not mm-hmm. paying one cent of interest. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to pay yeah. for these points, do you? Oh, no. As soon as you pay interest, the whole game is ruined. <laughs> so the magic is... The money that you're spending anyway, mm-hmm. rather than pay by check or EFT, mm-hmm. put that pay that by card and make sure you pay your card off and you get these reward points mm-hmm. for free or very cheap. Is it largely um, because at the beginning of the show I was mentioning how the the, the landscape has changed with the, the banks and their relationship with yep. um, the frequent flyer programs? Who did that? Was that the banks? Was that the regular regulatory agencies? Was it the airlines? I mean, who kind of cut that off at the knees? Yeah, so the RBA uh, had some reforms where they wanted to reduce the, the interchange rate. Mm-hmm. So this is getting technical. This is the, the rates the banks charge the banks. So if you use a credit card, a merchant. They, they charge each other. Mm-hmm. So the RBA wanted to reduce that rate to a lower rate in order to reduce the total cost. But what's, what's happened is that actually the banks have made the first move. They've, they've made a move to reduce rewards mm. and anticipation for this. Uh. And what we've seen is reduce rewards now, but we haven't really seen that much reduce merchant fees. That's the plan. It should come down okay. and become cheaper to use credit cards to pay. But that's what the RBA is aiming for, is to try and reduce those those credit card interest yeah, rates. And, yeah. in, and I guess uh, frequent, frequent flyer points are a cost to uh, to the banks, aren't they? That's right. So they buy them from Qantas. So I guess the way it goes is Qantas frequent flyer program, at the moment, is actually the most valuable part of Qantas itself. I've heard that. I've heard that that's the only thing holding up the business, basically. Yeah, yeah because it, it, it makes a really d- certain income in a way, because mm-hmm. it sells points. Mm-hmm. So it sells points for, say, one and a half cents for a number. Mm-hmm. So the banks, when you use your credit card and yeah, when you get points, it, the banks go buy them from Qantas. Ah. So Qantas makes money. Yes. The banks then buy them, give you the points. Yeah. And then it sort of sees what you do with them. And they're providing the incentive with which that you can um, and, and, and try and keep you on as a customer because they're using that as an incentive, sort of a carrot yeah. on the stick. So, so the merchant fee that you pay as a business owner mm-hmm. when you accept credit card that fee pays for the points. Mm-hmm. So if you're a shopkeeper that chooses to charge no surcharge, that's great. That means your customer getting points for free. Mm-hmm. Or if you're the other, on the other side, if you're paying your suppliers and they choose no surcharge or low surcharge, then you're getting the points for free. Yeah, so it's all about trying to balance up what you're paying for that credit card usage 
uh, with what you get for the points. So the points are in the fine print, what you can get for each dollar that you spend, you need to research and, and find out what the best value is. I'm just talking about banks yeah. right now. And then on to offset that, you need to make sure you pay off your credit card in full each month so that you're not paying interest, which is essentially paying for your points. And then um, avoid paying uh, any sort of credit card surcharges when you use it um, so that you can do that. What about um, another way I guess we pay for our points is through the annual membership fee. Is that another thing that people should be checking in the fine print to make sure they're not being hit with really high fees? Uh, not not so much. Generally, fees are anything between $100 to $400. I guess a $400 in the high side, but that's generally for uh, more of a platinum card where you get benefits rolling out of that, additional points. Mm-hmm. So we, we find our clients don't care about annual fees because the points that they generate and the value from that, it's, it's like tens of thousands of dollars. So a $500 annual fee yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's about weighing it up. It's yeah. almost as though you've got to work it as if it's a, another bank, another bank account. Yeah, it's a bit like looking at one side of the ledger. Yeah. Talking accounting is, this is a cost side. How much does it cost you to get these points? Yeah. And on our side, it's like, with those points, what can you get out of it? Mm-hmm. If you can get more value than a the cost, then that's just like buy low, sell high. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So um, I think that's a very interesting concept is that uh, I, I guess when I first started using points and accumulating them, um, I used the credit card as a main point of, of contact with uh, the point system. And then I just accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. Should I ever worry about the fact that those points might disappear? Is there something in place that means that those points belong to me and they can't be whittled away? Because I think that happened a few years ago, didn't it? Where they, at one point, they were sort of starting to diminish, but they're not allowed to diminish it anymore. Is that right? Uh, no, no. So programs make changes every, every three to five like years or so. <laughs> oh, well, ANSET make ANSET, a complete yeah, change. Big change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Qantas makes so Qantas and Virgin. Everyone makes a change every three to five years or so, mm-hmm. and they're making different ways. So the points technically have no value. So if you're looking at terms and conditions, they say they have no monetary value, which means that tomorrow, if, if they decide to turn it off, they can turn it off. Is that like Bitcoin? Bitcoin technically doesn't have a value, <laughs> and if we turn that off, maybe the whole world's economy might fall over yeah, a little bit. Yeah, But it, it is, it's an intrinsic part of the, the banking and airline economy now, I guess. It is, and, and no one would turn off because that means that they lose a whole heap of customers, mm. and they'll, they'll only do that at the very last minute. But the, the whole idea about points is you can actually keep them for, for Different airlines have different rules. So, for example, say Qantas points, uh, they can be renewed every 18 months. So if you don't use them for more than 18 months and they will expire and virgins is 24 months but you can actually renew them indefinitely mm-hmm. just by having any transaction and the whole balance will just extend when you say a transaction that can be an accumulation of points as well yeah in one point in or one point out oh okay yeah. very That's- very easy to keep most people get caught out if they just completely Ignore them. Done nothing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what I've done with Qantas because yeah. I don't fly with Qantas anymore. So there might be some points that have just Yeah, 18 months. Yeah. So sometimes kids' accounts. So you take your kids for holiday and they've got their own freaking fly account. You should transfer them to yourself mm-hmm. because otherwise if they haven't flown for 18 months 
and unlikely they'll have any point in or out. Their yeah. points will expire. Oh, okay. And there is that, that whole family pooling yes. thing now as well. Um, so that's that's great. We've sort of established what the relationship is um, between us and the banks and the airlines. Now, talk me through flybys because that kind of, it's a bit voodoo for me. <laughs> I, I understand that when I swipe my card, um, even as a business at, at, the, at the checkout, they are um, monitoring every single thing I do, possibly to the point yep. of... You know, and nineteen eighty four stuff. Yeah. Yep, that's fine, and I'm okay with that because I don't mind being told when the special offers are coming up and getting, um, you know, points. And what's that relationship with the airlines? Is it similar to a bank? They've just got an incentive program. Yeah. Coles buy in, whoever it is buys into it, and then they buy the points. That's right. Yeah. So Coles will buy the points from, uh, in this case, flybys if with Virgin. Yeah. So if you. But you actually have a choice with flybys. You can earn your flybys points first. Yes. Choose to redeem them back for gift vouchers yes. or products, or you can convert them to frequent flyer points. Right. The whole idea is just make it more attractive because Coles wants you to swipe your card. They want that data. Yeah, they want the data. They're paying you for that data. Can I just go exchange. completely off tangent here? Because I, I understand, I've, I've read somewhere a couple of years ago that the amount of data they have, there is so much that there's literally not the algorithms for them to be able to read it yet. Do you think that's coming with quantum physics and computing? Or do you think that there will be such a huge amount of data that they've got on us that they can't possibly filter through it all and really make sense of it? Yeah, well, they're probably not interested in you and your own data. It's more about adding them up into a group of people and Mm, seeing how they behave. Demographically. Yeah. So Mm. there's companies whose sole jobs are to look at this data and I think they know more about you than you know, but they don't want to share that with you because they might scare you. Ah, yes. It's not in their interest for, to let you know. No, that they don't, don't want to freak you us. out. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> they can probably predict what your next purchase is going to buy. Yeah. Uh, and then they do it by sales. Yeah. But you'd be amazed how accurate yes. they, are. they are. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That, I'm sure that would frighten me. It's a bit like Facebook when they throw, uh, they throw ads at you because you've been talking in the background. Yeah. <laughs> about something. It's, it's a bit disturbing in that way. So that's a fascinating um, understanding of where we're at. Now, I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question. Yep. I'm standing at the checkout. I've got my flybys card. I've got a choice of five cards in front of me because I'm one of those twits yep. who has too many credit cards. But I do pay them off all on time. What, what do I pull out? I mean, what is going to give me the best benefit uh, for my points? Is it really a matter of, okay, I have to go home and I have to read through those those programs. <laughs> Do I look at the CanStar Money Magazine um, Gold Star to see who's got the the best um, award program? Because I know Westpac's been doing that for the last few years, mm-hmm. and that's kind of skewed me towards Westpac. Accurate. Yes, they are. They are. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That, I'm sure that would frighten me. It's a bit like Facebook when they throw uh, they throw ads at you because you've been talking in the background. Yeah. <laughs> about something. It's it's a bit disturbing in that way. So that's a fascinating um, understanding of where we're at. Now, I'm going to ask you the million-dollar question. Yep. I'm standing at the checkout. I've got my flybys card. I've got a choice of five cards in front of me because I'm one of those twits yep. who has too many credit cards, but I do pay them off all on time. What, what do I pull out? I mean, what is going to give me the best benefit uh, for my points? Is it really a matter of, okay, I have to go home and I have to read through those those programs. <laughs> Do I look at the CanStar Money Magazine um, Gold Star to see who's got the, the best um, award program? Because I know Westpac's been doing that for the last few years mm-hmm. and that's kind of skewed me towards Westpac. Yep. I mean, I'm really I'm coming from a I know nothing point of view. How do we educate ourselves to better our use of points as a business and, and as an individual? Uh, great question. I think there's actually three steps to it. 
So, but don't do this at the checkout because the guy behind you will be annoyed. <laughs> you got to well, do this ahead yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah, or the computer <laughs> behind me. Yeah. <laughs> so, number one is actually to think about where is it that you want to go. So, in terms of your travel, so wherever you want to go, Fiji or wherever we're going to Melbourne, mm-hmm. then because, for example, going to Fiji, either Qantas or Virgin would be better value than each other. So, you picked one airline, so it says Qantas that you mm-hmm. want to go for, and then you want to try and earn as many Qantas points as possible. Right. Or as many Virgin points as possible. Then you use the credit cards that earn those points. Uh, let me take an example. Most say Melbourne. So, Melbourne Qantas is uh, 16,000 points return. Yep. Plus about. About sixty bucks in taxes. Yep. Virgin's about ten thousand points each way, twenty thousand points, but the taxes are lower. So, when you come to the checkout, you got to work out which points you want first, right? Okay. And then pick up the card. And then the second part is actually some cards earn more points than others for the same dollar. So you might pick up a Visa card, and you're probably only earning half a point per dollar. Mm-hmm. You get a normal Amex card, you can get one point per dollar. But I'm going to be charged more with the interest rate for that. But, but you're not paying interest. <gasps> oh, um, no. No, no. I mean, I mean, I might get hit with a surcharge, a surcharge uh, but, but not at a shopping the centre. They don't charge That's you surcharge. Right. Yes. So for the, every dollar you spend, you want to get as many points as you can. And there's actually an Amex card to get you triple points per dollar at supermarkets. But I've got to pay $400 a, m- a year uh, for well, that Well, one. that one's actually uh, $199 in, for that example. Yeah. But so the magic is... But every dollar, if you can get triple points versus half, imagine how much faster you'll be flying. So I guess what you're saying is when, you, when you're planning this out, um, much like you would your um, saving up for you know, a trip or you're saving up to do something interesting or fascinating with the family, you think of the end goal. Yeah, end so goal So you think first. of, okay, I'm going to start off slow. I'm going to start off by saying I want to have enough points to fly to Melbourne. Flat, of yep. course. I yep. fly flat. Uh, business class, for example. Um, in <laughs> hang on, why would you want to fly flat to Melbourne for like forty-five <laughs> minutes in the air? Okay, down. Okay, up. Um, so, I guess what you're saying is uh, have an end result in mind. So, I- I'll give you an example from a personal point of view. Uh, I knew that we were going to head to the states. I had about a one-year lead-in time. I started looking at um, how many points I would need to accumulate in order to do that, and then what I could do to to um, transfer. Now, speaking of transfer programs, Mm. we also need to be aware of how those transfer in. So I love Virgin because (laughs) the risk of making Virgin an ad for Virgin. What I like about Virgin is the fact that um, when I transfer points in, occasionally they do bonus schemes. Oh, yes. Are they the only ones who do that or are there other airlines as well that Uh, do bonuses for transfers? Virgin is probably the most popular, running about once per quarter. Uh Uh-huh. Qantas does them sometimes mm-hmm, as well, mm-hmm. more for high spenders. Mm. And then sometimes the airlines have discounts. So, for example, Qantas had a 50% of economy bookings discount mm-hmm. not long ago. Mm-hmm. So, because it's like, it's like anything, there's, there's sales that go on. So, one side is that you get more points on transfer. Sometimes you get sales when you come to use them. So that, that's hard to predict. That. Yeah, that's uh, and that is hard. I mean, that's where knowing the matrix clearly, someone like you and, and what you guys do is is helps people to sort of really get in, okay, this is when the sales are on and this is when the point sale. Because there's point sales as well, isn't there, as well as normal yeah. sales. Yeah, the, yeah, it's actually, it gets complicated from here because sometimes, say, for example, flybys, you get those bonus points or double points and things like that. You know, that, that can help you accumulate more yes. points faster. Yeah, with the with the bonus points when you spend. I think this weekend they had a, 
a scheme where it was like you spent two hundred dollars in one transaction and you get a thousand bonus points or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So that, that those are just sort of in a way little gimmicks to help you feel better when you're buying something. Mm. But the thing is, the points do add up. So so when you go buy something that's ten dollars, you might not want to swipe your card. Mm-hmm. But those 10, 10, 10 points do add up over time. So the fact is, you've already given them so much data, then you might as well just well. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this one, and I just yeah restart exactly. So um, it's uh, it's an interesting concept because you do need to be aware of quite a few parts of the process. Obviously, how you accumulate, um, being <clears throat> being conscious of what those points cost you in terms of your fees and your annual fees, and also making sure that you pay things off, making sure that you minimise the amount of credit card surcharges you have. So that's the one side of it, and then the other side of it is the transfer, which airline you eventually want to fly to. I mean, there's no point in going. Okay, I want to go to Iceland, mm. um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna accumulate um, air fees. Air Pacific points mm, mm. and go. Oh crap! That's right. They mm. don't go to Iceland, so it's kind yes. of you've got to do your research as it, well, I suppose. Exactly right. So that's why I sort of start with the end in mind and mm-hmm. picking picking the points. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah, like you said, there's a couple of factors because the earning side, the spending side. So actually, uh, earning side is number of points per dollar, mm-hmm. and then you've got the credit card to airline conversion. Is how what is the conversion rate? Is it one to one? Is it two to one? And then lastly, which airline flies to your destination for the cheapest price? And the taxes. And the taxes. The taxes do come into it. Mm. Uh, some some airlines actually, say like Singapore, to Europe would charge you anything about 300 bucks return. Yeah. And uh, Qantas could charge you up to $1,000. So it's kind of, yeah. we're talking spreadsheet stuff now, it aren't we? It is spreadsheet. You have it to is, have a spreadsheet. You've got to have a spreadsheet. So you've got to know... And also, I guess some timelines. Be realistic about what you're going to spend. And like I said, if you if you're if you've got one of those banks that give you these credit cards with a stupid, ridiculous limit on them, um, which be be aware does affect your credit rating with mm. with taking yeah. out loans and things. So you need to think of that aspect as well. Uh, so y- you need to factor in that part of things, the cost of the credit card, all the way through to the taxes that you might pay pay at the end, yeah. and how to accumulate those points. Yeah, the beauty is that. After even factoring all those costs, when you use those points to fly business class, it's still cheaper. Mm. It's still probably about less than half price. So the the, the gap is is huge. Isn't the jump between economy and business class? Is that not double? Am I am I, I double in points? Yes, but about four times in difference in value. I know. Yeah. Okay, so you have to sort of weigh up whether or not that's that makes it worthwhile. Can you? I mean, this is a silly question. I'm sure you know, most people know the answer to this, but you can obviously part pay in points. You can part pay in cash. You can part pay. Sorta. You're mm-hmm. not going to get the same amount of value than if you would you use points to book a full uh, redemption. Yeah. Right. So there's two ways to do it. One is they call it like Qantas calls it the classic award, which is a fixed number of points but limited seats. Yes. And that you get the most value. Yes. Or they do points plus pay, which is really just converting your points into 0.7 of a cent oh. and then using that money to pay. So therefore, it's like a discount. You're not going to get... You're getting about one-fifth the value. Classic rewards versus points plus pay. Yes. So it's really... I mean, what you want to aim for, what you're saying is what you want to aim for is you want to be... Yeah. yeah, you want to be making sure that you're, you're maximising the points usage yeah. because once you start adding uh, prices into that, you're starting to really whittle away at the, the costs. 
of, or the value. Yeah, you're paying the value, more yeah. market prices. Yeah, it doesn't really make much special, sense. Yeah. So that, that's an interesting, um, an interesting process that we all go through. Now, we've been talking about it in terms of points accumulation and spend and what we do on an everyday basis, uh, I guess, from from a spend point of view, how do we convert that concept, which we're all very familiar with now? I mean, points have been with us for what, mm. 15, 20 years now? I feel like I'm very old now. Uh, so they've been with us for quite a while. We understand how the progression of them works. How do I put that mindset into my business? So how do I think of this in terms of a business um, value? Mm. Um, how do I make that transition in my mind? I, th- I think number one is if, if you have things that you could pay with no surcharge, then you definitely should pay it because then that is of no cost to you. Yes, that's right. And then the, then the next stage is to look at things where your suppliers might be charging a surcharge. And then there's two ways to go about there. One is you can negotiate a lower fee. Yes, I've done that before. I've done that before. With If I spend, I'm going to give you the credit card right now. Yep. And as a value for that, you're going to re- like reduce the fee or, or de- make it go away altogether. Yeah, because cash flow is king. So <laughs> yes. I think for a small business or any big business, like knowing when you're to get this this money for the work that you've done mm-hmm. one thing is one thing is you know you'll get it but when mm-hmm. you don't want to spend time chasing people no. and tiptoeing around oh have you seen my invoice type thing that's exactly right and ruining relationships yeah. and and sending reminders and all that sort of thing I mean, there's a certain automation that we can do to that thanks to some fantastic accounting software packages but it does waste time and the cash needs to be with you so it's in your supplier's best interest really to make sure the cash is with them yeah, that's right. So therefore, that's how you, when you negotiate. So they send you the bill, you pay them you know, two, three days. Mm-hmm. They get the cash, try and get a lower surcharge. You still got your 40 days interest free on your credit card. Nice. So you manage your cash flow. So, so it's actually a win-win scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, for me, when I get a bill, I always want to just pay it because that, that itself is recognition that thank you for the work I've done. I'm going to he- give you the money. So therefore, you can get on with your business. Yes. And then next time round, you know you service me better because I'm a prompt payer. Yes. Yeah. It is. It's part of the business relationship, isn't yeah. it? So that's one way that we can convert that and think to ourselves. Right. I'm going to play with this because I want the points. Um, you're going to take the money from me faster because, and not charge me for that for the points usage and for the fact that I'm using a credit card because you're going to get the money into your account yep. faster. Yep. So it works out well for everyone. There is a little bit of I think with small business in particular, there's quite a bit of well. I don't want to be charged by the bank, so I'm going to push it on to my customers. But I guess if we want cash flow to improve, then yep. we need to kind of get over that a little bit. Yeah, that too. And then a third one is that even if you do have to pay a surcharge, then the magic is then that's when you work out how many points uh, you need. Mm. So, for example, if you need 200,000 points to make your trip and paying all your things with no surcharge is only going to get you 150,000 points, mm-hmm. well, then the last 50,000 points you need you might be okay to pay a higher fee for that because on average, your whole trip's still going to be cheaper, yes. a lot cheaper. Yeah, and, and I guess that's what you do. You start from the, you start from the end. You work out what that, that, that would actually cost you. Um, what's the benefit to you to fly flat? And to, to fly business class. I mean, I know in your, um, you're very, very heavily involved with LinkedIn, yep. which is fantastic. You really work that. And I, and I would encourage everyone to, um, to check out Steve on LinkedIn because he's a very good example of someone who, I guess, another system that you work very well and uh, really works those connections particularly well as well. Some fantastic video content you've got. And Steve, I'm just holding you up as an example to small businesses out there to say, this is how you can build your profile using a program like LinkedIn. So congratulations, you do that very well. Um, But I noticed in a lot of your videos, you talk about um, 
actually refusing <laughs> to fly anything but business <laughs> class, which is it? Is it because you've worked the system so well that you can or because you've made friends with all the airlines and you get on there and you do a video about about their wonderful business class and they know that it's going to it's going to feature prominently in your um, in your social media content. Uh, it's definitely the first one. Oh. We don't get much freebies from the airlines. <laughs> Why am I not surprised <laughs> by that? They're kind of like a bank, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So we get some PR stuff, but there's no no, no free flights. So you get you might get a, like an extra little pack for the overnight bag that you get with Virgin with extra. You know, uh, I think headphones. on board they don't even know who you are. Yeah, so, all right. <laughs> uh, so I am not, nothing that to them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's funny because you're talking about what is essentially their only uh, profitable part of the business so so um, frequently and you're talking to them, to a lot of businesses about that. Uh, but it's sort of interesting because they have two arms. They have the airline operations arm, which is selling tickets for cash. Mm. And then they've got a the freaking flyer side. Mm. So when you use your points to fly, the guys don't feel like they're making any money because... The frequent flyer area has already made the money from you, so therefore they don't. If you're promoting more frequent flyer flights, yeah, you don't seem. They don't feel like they're making any more money from you. Yeah, but, like it's but, it's but not it's, it's not a cash exercise. Yeah, but I think the the first part is that uh, question is the reason I always fly flat is because once you've got the system down right and you're generating these points, then then you really have the freedom to fly flat all the time uh, on choice. So I think the magic of freedom is that you can then fly in any way possible, whether you want to fly economy, you want to fly business or you want to fly first, you actually have these assets. And so assets being points. So if you've got, just like money, if you've got lots of money, you can choose what you want to do. Uh, if you've got lots of points, you can sort of do the same thing. So once you're paying a lot of bills by uh, credit card and getting all these points, then you have the option to sort of fly however you like. And I guess for me, my business is flying flat, so why, why would I fly? Why would, why would I do anything other than that? That's right. So we're talking about the points uh, system and how to make the most of it as a business. And, and just before the, um, the, new, the traffic break there, we were talking about why it's important to understand the system, um, know where you are spending your money in order to pay for your points because you don't want to be not mm. paying off the credit card in full. Now, this almost becomes a, a bottom line um, asset to a business if they do it properly. So if you've got multiple number of people working for you and then you've got multiple um, cards out there that are being used across vendors and people are doing all the right things, mm. they're making sure they're asking for no credit card surcharge and you've got your, your staff working it. Um, how would you suggest with an organisation that's, say, a medium-sized business, are they allowed to divvy up their points to their staff? Um, can they give it to the point to the credit card holder, what's the best way of using those points as an incentive program within your business? Oh, right. Okay. So points owned by the business are best used back for business travel rather than giving it away because that, that avoids any FBT issues. Mm -hmm. So points are just like if you're spending money buying something for business, you can't just give it to someone uh, to take home. So one way to incentivize, if, you're, if you've got conferences or you've got meetings, so rather than flying your staff economy, you can use your points to fly ah, in business class. That's a good idea. And the cost to you is pretty low because of the cost of the points. So you can actually enhance the productivity of your staff by flying in business class. And I think whether you do it all the time or the thing with small businesses, access to business class is tough. So it's not like a big corporate where everywhere you fly, you're used to flying business class. For people working for a small business, uh, the ability to fly business class is very limited. 
So if you're one business who's able to get your points in order and fly your staff business class, I think that builds a very strong engagement. It's a great point, actually. You could even use that as an incentive to when people are shopping around for their for their work, um, when they want to come and work for you, you can say, look, this is something we aim for. When we're going to send you away, we're going to make sure that you're comfortable because we recognise that you're away from your family and, and we want to make sure that it's, you know, as painless as possible. It's a really good way that you can, you know, make it in, take it into the HR world. I do like that a lot. That's awesome. We're, we're talking about the asset. Um, do you think accountants really recognise it as an asset to a business or is it still a little bit, uh, you know, they don't quite get it at the moment? What's, what do you think the, the thinking is behind behind it for them? Yeah, I, I don't think they, they quite get it uh, because I, I don't, when the, the accounts I come across. Uh, didn't you used to be an accountant? I, I am an accountant, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. If you're an accountant, you're an accountant for life. <laughs> yes, right. It's all about numbers. And so therefore, it's interesting sometimes when I come across accountants is that, is that they don't really fully get the value mm. it, they, they can understand it very quickly you know in the days it's cost versus benefit mm. but the i think the final detail is that picking just a changing just one card can make all the difference so even though they might be collecting points they're not collecting them efficiently yeah so being accountants means you're really good at detail but it depends what detail is interesting to you. That's right. And it's not it's not the bottom line and it's not on the balance sheet. So that's not something that's that's important to them. But if you think of it from an HR perspective, mm. I love what you said there, then that's a great way of using those points as, to incentivise um, people to come and work for you. Let's talk about some of the common misconceptions of of point systems. So um, you mentioned just before we came on air that, that um, people don't necessarily understand how upgrades work mm, or, yeah. or um, upgrades are not necessarily better value. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I mean that the most common question I get every day is like, so if I can't just book a point on a fly on points, mm-hmm. so can I just buy a ticket and upgrade? Mm-hmm. And even even weeks ago, I used to be quite annoyed hearing that. It's like I used to think, well, what do you think the other two hundred people on board want to do <laughs> as well? That's a good point. We've all got points now. <laughs> we all know how they work. Yeah. yeah you so, can't- so actually, my best analogy is a bit like saying. Getting, trying to get an upgrade is like going to a popular restaurant with no booking, hoping to get a, get a table mm. because there's lots of people that want an upgrade. Mm. So how they allocate it is actually based on ranking. So like a restaurant, if you know the owner, <gasps> they can find you a table. Oh, wow. Okay. If you're a celebrity, they can find you a table. But if they don't know you, then, you know, you're just going to wait. So the airlines have got a rating on us based on our frequent flyer use as well? Yes. So that's wow. what the gold, that's where platinum, gold, status comes from. Ah, I see. I thought it was just the colour of the card. Ah, so the more you fly, the yes. more status credit points you get. And then that moves you from bronze, silver, gold, platinum. Yep. And uh, platinum one. Yep. So the, which means that that's, means that you spend more money with the airline, mm-hmm. makes, makes you a more valuable customer. So when it comes time to allocating upgrades, yes. if there's only five seats available, but, but 10 people have requested, well, the most valuable five people will get the seats. How do you request it? Is it when you go up to the to the to the desk and you go, "Can I be upgraded?" I mean, when uh, the, when does that happen? You can do it online. So the oh. best way is once you've booked your economy ticket. Yes. Uh, and you can just go online and click the upgrade button, and that that's just a request. Yes. That's not actually yes, upgrade. Please. Yes. And then you'll know about twenty four forty eight hours prior to travel within any, any seats and whether they allocate it to you. Depending on your ranking and yeah, what level right. you've got. Because yeah. I got upgraded to Virgin Silver 
for a couple of months. I think I was meant to be testing the program. I didn't really see any benefit in it, probably because I wasn't flying frequently and therefore not not really understanding what the benefits were. But that was their way of sort of giving me a little bit of a taster of what the opportunities were if I wanted them, right? Yeah, so silver doesn't really get you much. Gold gold is where you start getting lounge access and priority uh, sort of checking. Yeah, it's like the golden ticket in Willy Wonka, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Silver... (laughs) I think still was a recognition that, oh, well, thanks for flying with us. At yeah. least you're not one of those other guys who've never flown with us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and then I got downgraded again because yeah. I didn't do anything with it. Um, and another misconception, of course, is uh, airline points are are all the same. They're not, are they? Different airlines work yeah, differently. Yeah, very, very different. So different airlines, they fly to different destinations. Mm, that's a good point. As um, I said, you can't take Air yeah. New Caledonia to Alaska. That's right. They also have these different partnerships. So Qantas is part of One World, which mm-hmm. is Cafe, British Airways, American Airlines, mm-hmm. Emirates. Emirates is a partner. Mm-hmm. And then Virgin partners are Singapore and uh, Delta. And what used to be the Star Alliance, I might add. Uh, Star Alliance still exists. What? That's just, with Singapore just no Airlines. Ansett. Uh, no Ansett. No Ansett. No, no Australian domestic airline is past Star. Ah, gotcha. Uh, but they have this partnership. So the thing is that you can use one, point, one set of points to fly another airline. Mm. But, but most of the time, it's actually better to use that other airline's points to fly. Oh, okay. So you're not losing value. Oh, okay, because once you start transferring partner, them yeah. across, they might the partner program yeah. will actually lose value. Yeah. That's a really good point, actually. So I guess it comes back to what you were saying before about thinking about what the end game is. What are you hoping to do with these? And then work backwards from there and understand, okay, well, this is what I need to have as a pool. Um, for for the number of points that I need to achieve that, um, and this is the ways in which that I can do it as best as I can. But it's it's not about filling your wallet with as many credit cards as humanly possible. Yeah, no, no. Some people love, love that because then, if they know what what is like, they go to supermarkets, they use this card, they go to petrol stations. Oh, use who's that got card. the time to do that? But seriously, <laughs> that's only if you have a real interest in it. If yes. you don't have a real interest, then yeah. this is. And I can understand. The line still exists. What? That's just, with Singapore just no Airlines. <laughs> Uh, no answer. No, no, no Australian domestic airline is past star. Ah, gotcha. Uh, but they have this partnership. So the thing is that you can use one point, one set of points to fly another airline. Mm. But but most of the time, it's actually better to use that other airline's points to fly. Oh, okay. So you're not losing value. Oh, okay. Because once you start transferring partner, them yeah. across, they might the partner program yeah. will actually lose value. Yeah. That's a really good point, actually. So I guess it comes back to what you were saying before about thinking about what the end game is. What are you hoping to do with these? And then work backwards from there and understand, okay, well, this is what I need to have as a pool um, for for the number of points that I need to achieve that. Um, and this is the ways in which that I can do it as best as I can. But it's, it's not about filling your wallet with as many credit cards as humanly possible. Yeah, no, no. Some people lo- love that because then if they know what, what is like, they go to supermarkets, they use this car, they go to petrol stations. Oh, who's got the card. time to do that? But seriously. <laughs> that's only if you have a real interest in it. If yes. you don't have a real interest, then yeah. this is, and I can understand by talking through it, this is really gobbledygook because you go, oh, this seems too complicated. But I guess the, the advice is just to keep it simple is everyone needs an Amex and everyone needs a Visa MasterCard. Uh, and then you just try and use the Amex wherever you can. Because mm. the people, a lot of people will say to me, oh, I, I can't use my Amex. But the thing is, you, you're earning like double or triple the points of a visa. So you have to shop three times as much on your visa, on your Amex. So it's might, it might as well be worth trying.
That sounds to me like the top tip that you're giving our listeners today here on Small Biz Matters. Look, thank you so much for coming on the program, Steve. It's been um, fascinating and really interesting to see how we as small businesses can use these points as an asset um, for various uses within a business. So give me a quick plug for your uh, website and how people can find out more. Yeah, come and find out more at iflyflat.com.au or or Google... uh just yeah, putting I fly flat in Google. Yeah, I don't us. think anyone else has got the words I fly flat, do they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, that's wonderful. Thank you once again for coming on the program. And uh, anybody who's missed a part of this show, you can, of course, catch up on our blogs and podcasts page on smallbizmatters.com.au. If you're not already a subscriber, make sure you jump on because you can find out about all the latest events that are coming up. Thanks for listening, everybody. You've been listening to Alexi Boyd, your local business expert. And uh, I'll be back next week with another fantastic guest. This is Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100. Point one FM.